0: A different perspective, a new insight into life, a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, and maybe an amusement for you. Welcome to From My Standpoint, a a twice-a-month podcast with your host, Josh C. Jones. A novel thought and a welcomed change from the my way or the highway mentality that you know, is rampant in the daily life of our society. Hey, I appreciate you tuning in again to From My Standpoint. I'm your host, Josh C. Jones. If this is your first time listening, then I thank you for tuning in. And if it's not, well, thank you for coming back. If you have not yet subscribed, then I encourage you to subscribe to From My Standpoint. uh, You can follow me on Facebook at Josh C. Jones Author, on Instagram at Josh C. Jones, author, on Twitter at Author JC Jones, or visit the website www.fromtheirstandpoint.com, that's from T H E I R standpoint.com, and click on my show, From My Standpoint. And if you even slightly liked what you hear in these podcasts, then please rate, review, and share. So, my way or the highway? You know, we see, see it in most every aspect of our society today. You're either with the left or you're with the right. You're either for this or you're for that. You either have or you have not. Really, it is true that we nearly always take a side.
1: If I take this side, then does that mean I cannot listen to or work with the other side?
0: Only if you choose to not even attempt to listen or try to understand from another perspective random-voiced questions. I mean, it is your choice. But I ask, what if there was an idea that went from the typical, you're either with us or against us, boisterous, America versus the world, liberal versus conservative, socialist versus capitalist way of thinking, and instead was more of a, hmm, I wonder if. Well, sometimes I do sit there and I wonder if. And in this case, I wonder if capitalism or socialism is the best way for wealth creation, a strong economy, and the taking care of its citizens and lifting people from poverty and helping the most desolate. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode on socialism, socialism, I think, has, whether, you know, you wish to admit it or not, created a philosophy for the best way to try and take care of the most basic necessities for its citizens. And again, as we mentioned in that episode, those basic necessities are usually determined by the governing body, which tends to be different depending on which country you look at. So what about capitalism then? For some, the word capitalism is a dirty, greedy, poor-inducing, unfair, unequal class system that is always geared toward the already wealthy elite and destructive to its society and the world. For others, the word capitalism is a clean, prosperous, richness opportunity that allows a fair and equal chance for anyone to succeed and gain wealth, if they are willing to work, take risk, and sacrifice for their dream, their success. Now you've heard the same said, well, closely, about both capitalism and socialism. If we choose to listen and attempt to understand, we can find a similarity in each side's parroting. This is where a common ground can be found, and a possible start to a solution can begin. That might be true, Random Voice of Reason. You know, you've been right on it so far. And and hearing such, let us look a little more into the system and see if we can find any other similarity or logical reasoning for its necessity. Now, again, before you go all deaf as opposed to what I'm saying... What?! or give birth to that emotional passion as discussed in another episode, just hear me out. And things should, I hope, begin to make a little more sense, you know, if you are willing to try and understand my perception. From my research experiences, understanding perception and listening to others, and that is people on both sides of the aisle and people who have lived in other countries and on other forms of government— this is what I have learned.
1: Does listening to someone who has lived under
0: something always mean fact and truth coming from that person? Well, no, Random voicey questions. Not always. Sometimes in people's lives, their actions are led by perception, which for them has become more powerful than the truth itself. And this is something you might hear me repeat more than once. Uh, yeah oh uh, uh, that makes me think of them folks uh, uh sipping on them five dollar drinks sitting in a corporate money-making business talking of them expensive phones from another corporate uh, money-making business oh <laughs> yeah i wearing them society's latest and expensive outfits and posting them dislike on them platforms uh created through the uh, private and free enterprise <laughs> from them uh, folks super expensive computers from another corporate money-making business <laughs> yeah. um anyway capitalism is a system Usually referred to as an economic system, where a free market determines the prices for goods and services that are created, implemented, and controlled by the private citizens' supply and demand. In this type of system, a private citizen takes the risk of offering a service or product to the public, sacrifices their time and resources to deliver such a product or service, and works hard to produce the product or service and grow a sustainable and profitable business for themselves and their family. In this system, everyone has the opportunity to take such risks by making such sacrifices and working hard. The ends will not be the same. But the opportunity to do so is available to all. And like I've mentioned previously before, the ends will not ever be the same for everyone. That's just a reality of life. If you think it should be the same, I don't know what to tell you. However, the state in this type of system has no control, authority, or right to subvert or hinder the private ownership and business of the citizens without proper constitutional protocol for rare emergencies. Capitalism also includes the idea and acceptance that property can be owned by the individual, that is, the private citizen, that capital accumulation should be regulated by the free market and not determined by the government, that wage and labor should be determined by the business and its success and profit margins based on its ability to provide its services or goods to the customers and the free market, that the determination of the price for a good or service, and that of the wage labor, that is compensation, be competitive and reflect the market and customers' and product or services' supply and demand, and that each should be able to exert their right and free will to both offer a job and pay for said job, and either accept or deny the job and pay offered without government strong arm and regulation.
1: I've asked this before, but could you break that down just a little more, please?
0: Yes, I, I'll, I will do my best, random voice of questions. So, in essence, capitalism is regarded as a free market system that acknowledges and supports private enterprise and ownership, a free will choice to accept or refuse a job and pay, a free will choice to offer a job and pay a market of supply and demand and competition that helps regulate and determine the uh, price for goods and services and the pay offered for such jobs an unlimited cap on profit an individual or business can earn, if one can build such a business and wealth, a fair and equal opportunity provided to every citizen to make sacrifices in their life, to take great risk and to work hard to build a profitable business or means of income and wealth accumulation that is only limited by the amount of work, creativity, risk, sacrifice, learning, and energy the individual is willing to invest their finances, time, and life into. Capitalism has, whether you wish to admit it or not, created the wealthiest and prosperous country. It has provided the opportunity that has allowed more people to change their class system from poverty to wealth than any other system on earth so far. Now, just like the previous episode, You may already be cursing me and planning your comment on how I'm a fool or completely wrong with my perception and understanding and experience.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Because it means you're still listening to my podcast even after all this. And well, fantastic so long as your comment is constructive, that is. I think, as I said in the previous episode as well, though, we can all agree on one thing. We, humans in general, regardless of political affiliation, class system, race, gender, or ideology, we, humans, are not only the most generous, loving, and compassionate, but we are also the most selfish, cruel, and indifferent. It is because of this paradox that we require a prosperous and strong economy, as well as some support system for the most desolate and needy among us. Now there are organizations and policies put in place by governments to help those in need and that are desolate. These types, they do not ask for generosity, but instead demand and take from most to give to some. Then there are those that are privately run, and these ask people to be generous and show their human compassion by giving so that those that are needy and desolate may have something.
1: Why do we need to take without asking, instead of just allowing all to be generous and compassionate?
0: Well, for Moisa questions, I think it's because we are human, as, and as human, most of us, we do care and want to help. But sometimes our selfish desires and our fear for ourselves and families of not having or of losing what, you know, little we have hinders us a lot more than it should. And, you know, we might care about different things. So you may care about one thing to help one group of people in need. I might care about another thing to help a different group of people in need. But yours needs more money, so you want to take from me to give to them, and then I can't help this group. It's just, there's a lot of things. But also, I think it has some to do with this distrust. Because many, and that's many people using such a program, and sometimes the organization or government running such a program have abused such systems and taken advantage of people's generosity and compassion and income and an example here would be you see the homeless on the side of the road or under the overpasses people used to give them money and food a lot i remember seeing a a lot back in the 80s and 90s and then when you know it started coming out that some sometimes a lot more than some of those people were actually taking advantage of the generosity and compassion of others and they didn't need the money because they had other jobs or they were making a lot of wealth pretending to be homeless and poor people just stopped helping because they were taken advantage of no matter the reasons though i do believe that the majority of people still want to help But sometimes in order to get others to help the way, you know, we want and for the resources and people we want, or I could say the way you want and for the resources and people you want, or I could say the way I want or for the resources and people I want. And sometimes just so we don't have to let go of some of our money, humans must be forced to help. Now, we live in a capitalist society here in America. And the most prosperous countries in the world have their economies built upon a capitalist foundation. Okay, so which
1: one would be the best way for wealth creation? A strong economy and taking care of its citizens then and lifting people from poverty and helping the most desolate?
0: Well, history has shown that capitalism is the best way for wealth creation, a strong economy, and the best equal opportunity for each citizen to be able to take great risk, make great sacrifice, and work hard so each may achieve their version of success. Capitalism, history has shown, like what America was built on, has actually provided the most help and charity to the world. However, because of the paradox of human nature really it's sin, but people call it human nature too, but sin, socialism or a a small form of such for now would need to be present to ensure the protection and helping hand for when we are without down on our luck, desolate and needy to lend a helping hand up, not a handout, but a hand up. So when we are desolate and needy, we might be able to rise back up and get back to taking risks back to sacrificing and back to working hard toward our success again. So we'll repeat that question again. Which is better, capitalism or socialism, for wealth creation, a strong economy, and the taking care of its citizens, and lifting people from poverty and helping the most desolate? I can tell you my belief, perception, understanding, uh, based on my research, experience, knowledge, and actually talking with those who come from other countries and systems of government, is that capitalism is the best for wealth creation, not just for the rich, but for all who are willing to take great risk, make great sacrifices, and work hard to achieve their success. And capitalism is the best for building a strong economy, with its free market and privatization, which encourages creativity, competition, and growth. And I can tell you that I have done both worked the regular nine to five and tried to do my own businesses and my own freelance work and, you know, sole proprietorship. And I can tell you that working just a regular nine to five, 40 hours a week is not what the most successful and the most wealthy do. Now, let me just go back to this and say, We do have organizations that receive donations from people in order to help certain people down and out. They are private sector charities raising funds through voluntary giving. To forcefully take from one in order to give to another does not make one generous or compassionate, but to freely give is generous and could reveal compassion. I feel like I've heard that before, Random Voice of Reason, but it's correct. I think you're right there. As was mentioned in the previous episode, I've actually heard it stated that there is about 92 welfare-type programs that the government runs here in America, and about $1 trillion of taxpayer money goes to those programs every year. And I've also found through my independent research that it's been stated that also, in fact, it's, uh, well, it's been studied and found that the government welfare programs spend an estimated 70% of what they take in in order to get an estimated 30% of what they took to the poor or those, uh, the program is supposed to help. However, the private sector it has been found spends an estimated 30% received to get an estimated 70% to the poor or, you know, those, the program is supposed to help. And as I also found, and I got a quote it to this guy, J.R. Edwards, he said, quote, raising only half as much money through voluntary donations, the private agencies and families could deliver the same amount as the government, saving in the process all the costs the government imposes on the public through compulsory taxation. Given that aiding the poor must have a large support among the public for coercive government redistribution to be policy, couldn't the supporters raise through voluntary donations from among themselves half the amount that would have to be raised through taxation and avoid coercing the rest of the non-poor public? End quote. But until more people give voluntarily, even those whom uh, consider themselves lower class or poor, yes, everyone should give, then we must continue to forcefully take. But it should be from all. No exceptions. Not just the we- who we consider wealthy, but all. All should be taxed. Even those that are poor and on the welfare programs should be taxed and paid back into the programs. That's my thought. Anyway, as we have found based on our conclusion here, socialism or a form of it, such as welfare, and welfare is a form of socialism, is best for the taking care of its citizens who are desolate and needy and down on their luck it's not often the best way because it becomes a lifestyle instead of just a hand up to get them out of poverty and into their success however this would also require the forced giving well if it's forced it can't really be called giving can it of all people's earnings i also think that in order for it to actually help people It should have limitations, rules, requirements, and standards to protect the finances and stability of such a program from being exploited, and it should also be something that is temporary, definitely conditional, and meant as a helping hand up, not a hand out. So back to one of my original I Wonders. I wonder if capitalism and socialism could coexist for the betterment of their citizens. I also wonder if all people, regardless of status or class or wealth, instead of pointing fingers while hoarding what little one perceives as having or because one doesn't want to get rid of what one has or hand out what one has, would give to those private charities to help the desolate and needy and do so with a generous, happy, and compassionate heart so we might have a chance to help with compassion and generosity instead of through force or coercion which could potentially increase our earnings kept and benefit all of us. Hmm. I wonder if. And now, what you've all been waiting for, it's the wisdom of Dad Joke. One person out there may think my conclusions are delusional. A second person out there may think my conclusions are spot on. A third person out there may think my conclusions are spot-on delusional, and a fourth person out there may think my conclusions are delusionally spot-on. But if you want to know what the fifth person out there may think of my conclusions, <laughs> you can hear it for three easy payments of 9 dollars This has been From My Standpoint, a podcast to find a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth. Encouraging and enlightening insight, entertaining a new perspective, and providing an amusement for you. We hope you were entertained, encouraged, enlightened, and enjoyed the show.